the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Josh Pick is the Chief Investment Advisor with Aptus Wealth Management, a state-registered investment advisory firm. This program is sponsored by Aptus Wealth Management. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell financial vehicles. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals to see if any ideas expressed would fit their specific situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Securities can fluctuate and when redeemed may be more or less than when originally invested. Welcome to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. Every week, Josh will teach you ways to help manage, risk, and protect your retirement income in the new economy. The primary focus at Aptus Wealth is to provide flexible planning strategies that can efficiently achieve your long-term retirement goals. Hope everyone is having a great weekend. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. I'm Diane Brennan. To schedule your own planning session with Josh, if you'd like to learn new strategies to manage risk, Josh's number is 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Josh, we're going to start off the show talking about the big picture. How concerned should we be about the economy? NPR came out with a piece saying it could be sturdier than it looks. What, what are your thoughts? Anytime you have uncertainty in the economy, you're going to have people on both sides of the coin. Uh, One side is going to say that the economy is actually a lot sturdier than it looks, and here's all the statistics on why. And on the other side of the coin, you'll have the pundits saying that actually it's a house of cards, and we're quoting the wrong stats, and here's the right stats. So let me give you kind of some information, Diane, on both sides, and then I'll give you my opinion, so I'm not trying to dodge uh, the, the outlook here. But if you look at some of the good pieces of the economy, Let's peel back some of the layers and say that, uh, you know, let's take hotels, for example. Uh, Across the country, the average price of a hotel went up by 14%. Then you look at some local economies and you say, well, how are certain, you know, travel destinations like Tampa or an area in Florida, what are they looking at uh, as far as how many of their hotel rooms are being booked? Well, they've they've surpassed pre-pandemic levels, meaning that their occupancy rates are less now than they were pre-pandemic. So people are clearly starting to travel again. What else could we point to? Well, the mask mandates have been lifted across the country. And what has that done? Well, it seems to be propelling consumer spending. So if you say, well, are people buying stuff? Yes, people are buying stuff like crazy. Are they buying stuff that's more expensive? Yes, things are much more expensive. Uh, Is the Fed starting to raise interest rates to hopefully thwart off the inflationary pressures that we're feeling? They are. These are all good signs. What are some bad signs? Well, some bad signs are GDP growth is down. And what does that mean? That means as a country, we are producing less now than we were a year ago. So our gross domestic product, the amount that we're outputting as a country, is declining. What other challenges do we have? Well, while the Fed is raising interest rates to try and slow down the inflationary problem, it hasn't worked yet. Um, So inflation is still very much a headache. 
It hasn't gone anywhere. You know, we were talking last week about I-bonds and what do those look like? Well, they're, they're looking like they're going to pay 10% because that's how high inflation is. Well, clearly inflation is still a problem if we're talking about high single, low double-digit inflation rates. That is, in fact, a problem. We are now starting to see pandemic lockdowns in other areas of the world again. So think about China. We have geopolitical issues and we have wars happening in Ukraine with Russia. So there are a lot of things that we still have an uphill battle. I think the, the conversation is always this. You have the forecasts and then you have people invest in the market based upon the forecasts. But then the forecasts actually have to come true or be proven false. And how much, how much credence was given to those forecasts when people invested and what will that cause them to do? So let me give an example. Let's say I'm an analyst and I say that I believe Coca-Cola is going to sell for $100 a share. And you're an analyst and you say, nope, I think in 12 months Coca-Cola is going to be at $90 a share. By the way, these numbers are completely wrong. But so depending upon how much credence investors put in our opinions, they might buy into Coca-Cola or they might not. Then what happens is if Coca-Cola in one year is only at $89 a share, they might sell out because now they've changed their analyst's opinion. So there's a lot of like method to the madness going on here, but there's, there's uh, emotion and analytics. The only thing that ever rises to the top is good quality companies that you invest in for long periods of time and you let them do what they're supposed to do. You don't ignore trends, so you follow trends like interest rates and you adjust your portfolio accordingly, but you remain a long-term investor ultimately. Now, what do I think is happening with the economy? What I think is happening with the economy is we are in for tough times ahead. I do not mean that we're heading towards you know, gloom and doom, a depression, but I do think that you cannot ignore the fact that we are certainly on the beginning cusp, if not already entered into a period that economists would call stagflation. And that's a period where the GDP goes down, which we just said it is. It's a period where inflation is going up, which we just said that it is. It's a period where commodity prices start to soar, which go to the gas pump, go to the grocery store. You'll see that's already happening. And the Fed has to try and lower this inflationary pressure with interest rates, which it is already doing. So I don't think too many people can argue that that's where we sit. Well, if you look at other times in history where we've sat similarly, you'd have to look back towards the 70s. And in the 70s, what succeeded as an investment strategy? Well, for the most part, being short-term as it related to bonds because interest rates were rising was a safer place to be. And opportunities did end up coming once we reached the late 70s, early 80s. So my suggestion would be that you start to shorten the duration on your bonds. Secondly, value-based investing, i.e. dividend stocks, etc., did the best. Growth stocks struggled uh, for the most part as a category during the 70s. So you should start shifting back towards value. Does this mean that you get out of every growth stock and every long bond you've ever held? Of course not. But it does mean that that is a trend that you should heed the warning to, commodities being another one. So what do I believe? I believe and am optimistic about the future. However, I do think that we have our challenges. And if you're not adjusting the way that you invest based upon those challenges, I think the next couple of years are going to prove to be a very rocky ride. And we know through the history and statistical analysis of investing that we don't hate uh, as a populace making money in the market. 
We hate the bounciness to get there. We hate it so much so that oftentimes we make really poor decisions and sell when the market is down and buy when it's high, which we all know is the exact opposite thing we should be doing. But it's hard when you're in the middle of it. So the responsibility of a financial planner or an investment advisor is twofold. One, make sure that you're on track through creating a blueprint uh, in our office for your financial future. But then secondly, investing in a manner that coincides with your appetite for volatility. How much swing can you tolerate and still remain invested? And how can we logically utilize what appear to be trends to limit that volatility? That's the job of our office. And fortunately, we've done a pretty good job of it over the last decade. Josh's number is 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. And this is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Peck. Josh, how long, and I know you mentioned for the next couple of years, but is that how long you expect the current conditions to last? Or, and historically, what, what has happened? Well, we don't know because there's still some levers to pull. So let's, let's talk about what those might look like. So for example, uh, you know, we're going to have a very difficult time stimulating the economy right now with lowering interest rates. Our interest rates are already so low, it'd be hard to use that silver bullet to lower them again, particularly when we know that inflation is already an issue and the Fed is going to have to raise interest rates to combat that inflationary issue. But that does not mean that the government isn't uh, beyond doing very silly things. Um, So it would be interesting to see, but it is possible that the federal government uh, decides to do another stimulus round of spending while simultaneously the Fed is raising interest rates to try and thwart inflation, which is akin to uh, pouring water in the top of the bucket while simultaneously poking holes in the bottom and wondering why it's not holding more water. Uh, That said, if the Fed was doing that and the government did the other, it's possible that we could stimulate the economy and boost it up again. But what have we done? We've kicked the problem down the line again. So that problem ultimately, that rooster comes to, you know, comes back to roost a little later than we expected. But my my point in this is over the next couple of years, we are going to have to feel some pain of the decisions that we've made. Now, that pain, again, does not necessarily mean that we're heading towards we're headed towards a long term recession or depression. But what it means is there's going to have to be some periods of time where we do not live perfectly, where the market does not always go up. And while, you know, we can afford everything that we've ever wanted and everything's great, that just can't can't go on indefinitely. So I think we're headed towards a period of that. But more importantly, from an investor perspective, I think we're headed towards a period of volatility, meaning we're going to have very possibly a potential uh, time period where we have a lot of bounce in the market, a lot of volatility, a lot of I'm up 10 grand, I'm down 10 grand, while simultaneously over a prolonged period of time, think a year or two years, the market really doesn't do a whole lot other than scare the living hell out of all of us because we're up and down and up and down. And you can limit some of that by following trends and putting some, you know, some logic-based investment strategies into your portfolio to try and limit some of that volatility, which is what we're doing with all of our clients. But, you know, ultimately you cannot outrun inflation or outrun volatility. We just haven't experienced it other than the COVID blip, we really haven't experienced it in the last 10, almost 15 years, all the way since 2009. What are you telling your clients, Josh? And should are you guys looking at their retirement plans more often than twice a year because it's, it's so volatile? Or is it a case of you're telling your clients just, we've already got you, we've taken this into account, just sit back, don't panic? Well, it's a personality issue and everybody's different. 
Um, we're obviously still looking at everybody's stuff at least twice a year. We're reviewing their plans at least twice a year. But some people require or would really benefit from meeting more often than that. And we're certainly not opposed to that. Are we concerned about the future as it relates to our clients' retirement income portfolios? I would say the answer to that is yes and no. And the reason I'm being a little wishy-washy on it is if you're a client of ours, we've already designed your retirement income portfolio based upon there being situations like this. So we have already created pockets of money within your overall allocation that I would call our safe harbors. And even in the worst of times, think of depressions, think of the 2008, 2009, uh, you know, financial crisis, think of the dot-com bubble, think of Black Monday, think of, we can just keep going back all the way to the Great Depression. And all of those times, one thing remained true. And that is if you had enough saved money to weather two, three years worth of that storm, you were fine. And you ended up far better off five or 10 years from that time period than you were five or 10 years before that time period. So being able to stay invested is critical. But if you would have started withdrawing money from down assets during that period, it could have been catastrophic depending upon timing or what we call sequence of returns. So it's critical that you have a safe harbor or something that can weather that short-term volatility. And we build that into all of our portfolios. So to answer your question, do we get concerned for our clients? Well, of course. We don't want our clients to ever be in a position where they're worried. We don't want our clients to ever be in a position where they have to deal with any volatility. But it's our job to explain and educate and show people that they can still survive beyond that volatility and the benefit for weathering the storm. You know, if you're not going to win big, by putting up with all of this you know, emotional torment of watching your money be volatile, well, then it's not worth it. So we need to show people that it is, in fact, worth it, but also how it's not going to affect their ability to stay retired for the next five years until the money, quote unquote, comes back around. To schedule an appointment to go through the Aptus Blueprint process, Josh's number is 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. And you can always join Josh as he talks retirement with Bruce Hooley Mondays at 12.30 p.m. right here on 98.9 The Answer. More with Josh Pick when we come back. We'll be back with more at the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick at 98.9 The Answer. To create a successful retirement plan in today's economy, it takes a customized, solutions-based approach. At Aptus Wealth Management, founder Josh Pick calls it the Aptus Blueprint, and it's focused on managing risk instead of chasing returns. If you're working with another advisor or simply want a second opinion, put his team to work for you. To schedule a complimentary consultation to learn more about the Aptus Blueprint process, contact Josh at 614-364-7300 or visit aptuswealth.com. There is no cost or obligation, but space is limited. To start your plan, call 614-364-7300. 7300 or visit aptuswealth.com. Thanks for listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. 
This is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Peck. To schedule your own planning session and to learn new strategies to manage risk, call Josh at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Josh, let's say someone who's done their homework over the years and has a very good plan already in place in motion, they come to see you. What are the first steps you do to help them take their already good plan uh, to make it a great one? Well, one, it's very helpful uh, when somebody's already done a tremendous amount of thinking and a lot of legwork, and they believe they've come up with an encompassing plan. But that said, the process doesn't change that much. Maybe the level of depth of the conversation increases, but their goals or our goals in helping them in their plan are very, very similar. We want to focus on you know, orga- organizing the data objectives and what they want to accomplish. We want to make sure that we set out a clear strategy on how to achieve that that's rooted in you know, mitigating risk as much as we can, because the, at the end of the day, what we want to do is get the, the most reward for the least amount of risk. We want to get the most juice uh, for the, per squeeze out of the lemon, right? So the process remains the same. How do we minimize taxes? But ultimately, the discussion depth can get more significant. So if I encounter somebody who's very, very well-versed in investing, they might have a little bit more almost argumentative opinions on whether or not it makes sense to work with an investment advisor. So I'll give an example. Somebody comes in and they say, you know, I'm, I know what I'm doing. Um, I'm a, uh, an indexed only investor. I believe that, you know, there's, there's nothing better than Vanguard. We're paying incredibly low fees. It's with a company that has a lot of different investment choices. I can look at their little chart and say, well, I'm a growth investor, so I should allocate this way. And why in the world would I work with you? Um, and that's a fair question, for, particularly for somebody who's very well-versed in the area of, uh, of investing and financial planning, where they have a level of comfort, where they don't feel like they need to work with somebody. And my argument would be this. While Vanguard is a great company, and there is certainly a, a place for indexed investing, you cannot argue that when it comes to uh, particularly downturns in the market and when it comes to investment selection, the secret to the sauce is not just asset allocation, not just over owning the overall broad market, but there is something to be said for uh, overweighting certain sectors, meaning that today, for example, I would say you probably want an overweight in the value and dividend side of the sector over growth. Um, and there's also significant value in investment selection. And by that, I mean certain funds are just flat out better than others. Certain ETFs are flat out better than others. And then couple that with certain categories at certain times are better than others. And now we can start to do an analysis of saying, how did we perform over time versus those indexes? And yes, you're paying for that, uh, but fees are really only an issue in the absence of performance, right? If somebody was getting you 50% rates of return every year, you wouldn't care that they were charging you 10% to do it. Now, that's an extreme example, of course, that doesn't even exist, but nevertheless, uh, it illustrates the point. Um, That coupled with, it's not just the rate of return that you receive, but it's also how much of that rate of return you actually get to keep. Meaning, how is this going to be taxed? How am I, what category is this investment going to be held in? And investing in non-qualified accounts, meaning accounts that aren't in all that alphabet soup, all the 401k, 403b, IRAs, etc., should, to a certain degree, be invested differently for the purposes of taxes than something that is invested in one of those accounts. Then we add in all of the other risk management and financial planning elements like, do I need life insurance? Do I need disability insurance? What would happen if something happened to me or my spouse? How would they be taken care of? When should I take my social security? The list goes on and on and on. 
to prove that there is, in fact, significant value in working with an investment advisor. But that said, again, if somebody's already done a lot of this legwork, we can dive deeper into some of those more intricate questions, things like standard deviations, and we can really get into the ratio conversation and how do we maximize reward, et cetera, et cetera. So I really like those conversations. I have a disproportionate amount of probably engineers compared to the average investment advisor because of that. But I certainly don't think it changes the general guiding principles of financial planning. You're listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your own planning session and to learn new strategies to manage risk, call Josh at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. How much effort should people put into exploring different ways to bring in money during retirement to try and supercharge their savings? In short... I think that you know you should always be putting effort in to figuring out ways to bring in more money during your retirement, supercharge your savings, improve your situation. If there's one thing that you can do in your life, it's always continue to be improving your situation, and your financial life is no different. So you know, while the guiding principles, you know, there's a book called Principles by Ray Dalio, who's known as you know from Bridgewater Capital, known as one of the biggest money managers in the world. That guiding principles concept, while I don't necessarily you know, need to go through all the principles that he outlines, but I think there's, there's principles to investing that remain the same. Buying assets that are undervalued at the time when you purchase them so that there's more upside potential. Minimizing risk by diversification through non-correlated assets, which simply means not everything goes up and down in unison. Think of you know having some bonds in your portfolio versus stocks. They don't necessarily all go down or up in unison. Now, this year, you could easily point to it and say, well, bonds are down a tremendous amount as well as stocks. That's correct. But if you recall, we talked about the value in following trends and changing the investment categorization periodically. For example, you know we've been in very short-term bonds and inflationary bond hedge-type bond strategies and in value-based stocks, which has not felt nearly the brunt of the fall of the overall market, both stock and bond. So it's not that the principles change. It's that the landscape and the areas of opportunities over time change. Think about the fact that, you know, HSAs weren't even a thing 50 years ago. Uh, Cryptocurrency wasn't even dreamed up 20 years ago. Maybe it was dreamed up, but it certainly wasn't at the forefront of our minds. Um, taxes change consistently. It seems like with every administration, if not even more often than every administration, there's significant tax changes that could guide how you invest. Uh, for example, investing in ETFs has some tax advantages today that they did not have six, seven years ago. So the landscape is always changing and thus opportunities are changing. Um, but the general principles of investing do not change. So when do I think you should do it? Well, my favorite time to make changes is right now. Again, time is your biggest resource. Constantly be doing that. Call our office today. Let's look through what you're doing today. How might we be able to improve that and how we might be able to uh, constantly improve it over time, meaning maybe we should be doing Roth conversions every year over the next five years. Unless you do the planning, you won't know that. And once the five years are gone, it might not make sense anymore. It depends on what the conversion situation looks like as it relates to taxes, your investments, et cetera. So you constantly need to be looking at these things and making improvements where you can. 
Josh's number is 614-364-7300. That is 614-364-7300. So when someone schedules an appointment with you, Josh, you take them through the Aptus Retirement Blueprint process. Take us through that of what people can expect when they call your office. So it's a four-step process. And the purpose of the process is to empower you and make you feel more comfortable about your retirement through education. So you'll find that this is kind of an underlying theme throughout the whole process, even starting in the first appointment, which is really just a get-to-know-you meeting. We call it the discovery meeting. But all we're trying to accomplish during that meeting is find out what are you trying to get done and what are you doing currently to try and achieve that objective. And then in meeting two, we call it our analysis meeting. We're simply going to take what you gave us in meeting one and say is your error going to hit the target? And what are some potential areas that could deflect your error off that target? Meaning, what if one spouse were to pass away? Does that completely uh, knock the train off the tracks as far as the other spouse goes throughout retirement? How much risk are you taking? Are you taking a disproportionate amount of risk for the amount of reward that you can assume to receive or have been receiving? And the list goes on, taxation, etc. And in meeting number three, our blueprint meeting, we provide a blueprint to solve all of those potential risk areas that we assessed. So how can we improve your taxes? How can we make sure that if a spouse passes away, it doesn't derail it? And how can we make sure that you're getting the most reward for the amount of risk that you're taking? And then in meeting number four, through these last three meetings, we've certainly learned a lot about one another. And is this a good fit? Um, You know, financial planning goes on a long time. When you retire, on average, people are retiring for, you know, 15, 20, sometimes 30 years. So we want to make sure we're there for you and we're the right fit. You don't want to be five, six, seven years into retirement and then trying to reinvent the wheel again. So the reason we take so much time in the process up front is to make sure it's the right fit. And then in that meeting, we decide, should we work together moving forward? Josh, what are some of the biggest questions that, that people have for you during these meetings? Well, they range. Sometimes those, those questions can be very broad, but very nerve wracking for some. You know, maybe people are not quote unquote numbers people and they're, they simply just want to know, can I retire? I've, you know, been diligent. I've saved money. Here's my pot of money. I don't know why I picked what I picked. I don't know how much, I don't know if this is a lot or a little. Can you just show me if I can retire? And sometimes that's as simple as just working through, you know, budgeting and explaining taxation and explaining risk and explaining how you should invest, et cetera. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we'll get, you know, I feel very comfortable with where I'm at right now. This is how much money I have. I know that I'm invested according to this, but I do know that I'm not being proactive, nor do I understand taxation very well. So does it make sense for me to do Roth conversions? Can I improve my situation on where and how I draw my money to lower my tax bracket? Um, I'd like a second set of eyes to see, I feel like I'm doing a good job, but I don't really understand everything. Can you run it through all your smart nerd software and, you know, have your eyes take a look at it as well and tell me, am I on track? And then everywhere in between, providing for a a, a child with special needs. The list goes on and on and on. So there's no general question, but just know that as it relates to retirement, there's probably not a question that we haven't heard. And there's probably not too many things that you can throw our way that we haven't already come up with a very logical solution to. And you deal with uh, experts such as lawyers and uh, accountants and CPAs? If you have one, we work with them. And if you don't, we can put you in touch with good ones. And it's important that you have a team. Uh, We cannot do wills and trusts. So you need an attorney for that. 
We're not going to prepare your tax return. We're going to give you advice and show you how to minimize your tax bill at the end of the year, but we can't actually prepare your tax return. And it's important that all of these people are on the same page so you can get the biggest bang for your buck across the board because through coordination, we can make even more improvements than if we were just doing this on our own. To schedule an appointment to go through the Aptus Blueprint process, Josh's number is 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. And you can join Josh as he talks retirement with Bruce Hooley every Monday at 1230 p.m. right here on 98.9 The Answer. More with Josh Pick when we come back. We'll be back with more at the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick at 98.9 The Answer. Thanks for listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. This is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your own planning session and to learn new strategies to manage risk, call Josh at 614-364-7300. That is 614-364-7300. Josh, a recent pair of articles in Kiplinger outlined 10 ways people spend more in retirement and 10 ways they spend less. Let's start off with the bad news. The first thing they say people will spend more on is travel when they're retired. I want to lay some, uh, at least lay some groundwork here. If planning is done correct, you should have money for all of these things and Most of what uh, I'm guessing, uh, I didn't see the article, but most of what I'm guessing they said is not necessarily a bad thing. Like, for example, many people will spend, you just said, will spend a lot more money in retirement on travel. Well, that doesn't sound awful to me. That's good. That was the whole purpose of saving towards retirement. So when you had this time on your hands, you could do all the things that you wanted to do. Uh, The other thing uh, that I see oftentimes money being spent on is things like relocation. You know, you want to get out of the gloom and doom of, uh, well, let's just say November through March in Ohio. <laughs> uh, then you you want to maybe relocate down to Florida or even have a second home. These are all expensive things, but I would say they're good things. So these are the things that we want to plan for uh, many years out for retirement. So the money is available when we get there. Now, some of the bad things, to be fair, it's not all good. Um, some of the bad things are, you know, typically your expenses go up in the the healthcare arena, right? Now, fortunately, that's not as bad as it used to be. And the reason it's not as bad as it used to be is because, you know, it used to be that when you worked for an employer, you had a great healthcare plan and you paid very little for it and it covered a lot. And we used to hear all these gloom and doom dread stories about, oh, when you reach retirement, you got to go on that dreaded Medicare. And it's so expensive. It doesn't cover anything. Well, I'm not saying that Medicare is any better than it used to be, but I will say that the other plans have gotten so bad that Medicare looks pretty darn good. So when you look at it from an expense perspective, if you get a, you know, a supplement and you get kind of the Cadillac of supplements, you've really locked in your expenditures for the purposes of healthcare. Now, that might be more per month than what you were used to spending, but you're not going to get caught with any of those didn't see that one coming four or $5,000 deductible type scenario. So that is manageable, but as a whole, as we get older, one would logically conclude that we spend more money on healthcare, right? Um, other things just off the top of my head that people tend to spend more money on. Again, these are good things. You know, we go out to lunch a lot more with our friends when we're retired. We might golf more. 
We might go out to dinners more. We might go to concerts more. Again, these are all great things, right? We're doing a lot of fun stuff, but it does, in fact, cost more money. Now, one thing that I'm always, uh, always shocks people is once we reach retirement, you would think we're more on a fixed income. We hear that term a lot. And maybe we're making less money and we have a reduced income. But in general, people who are over the age of 65 donate more money to charity than people are that are between the ages of 55 and 65. And I've seen many stats on this, and on average, it's about 10% more. You'll see 10, 11, something like that. But we donate more money to charity. So is that an expense? Yes. Is that a manageable expense that we could tear back if we needed to? Of course. But it's a, these are all good things. We have more fun. We travel more. We might live in better places. And we donate more to charity when we retire. I mean, these are all fantastic things. The one variable there, though, is... Those things, hopefully, is what we all want to do. Did we do the planning to be able to afford them, right? So make sure that, you know, you do planning as early. This is why I always say, what's the best time to plan now? What's the time, best time to get an estate plan now? What's the best time to look over your investment allocation and see if it's the right fit for you now? The best time is now because the more time that you have to make these adjustments, the more likely you are to be able to have all this fun we just got done talking about because you'll have the resources to do so. So there are only problems if you didn't do proper planning. Uh, so get in today and make sure that we're, we're starting down that path as soon as possible. Josh's number is 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. And Josh, while we're spending more money on some things, we're also spending less because we're not working and driving to work every day and buying the work clothes and all that stuff. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, the the obvious ones are what you just said. You know, we, we're not, hopefully you traded in your uh, business suit and attire for, you know, board shorts and flip-flops and a t-shirt, uh, you know, and you're enjoying your relaxed uh, retirement. Um, you know, transportation, that's actually changed quite a bit due to COVID. So maybe that's a savings, maybe it's not, because not as many people are driving as, the, as much as they used to. But in general, if you look over the years, you certainly spend a lot less money on travel. Um, you know, oftentimes, uh, people will spend less money on food and I don't know, you know, st these are again, statistics. I don't know if that's because, you know, now it's only just maybe you by yourself or you and a spouse rather than an entire family. So you never know where these statistics come from, but in general, it seems like people spend a little less money on food at home, but then they spend more money on food eating out. Right. The one that's very shocking to people is how much less they spend on taxes typically at retirement. And, you know, I think oftentimes when we look at retirement, why it's so critical to actually do the number crunching and go through the planning process, make sure you get that blueprint, is because I think we have concepts in our mind that are rooted based upon facts as they exist today that we kind of extrapolate into what we think is going to happen later. And I'll give you an example. People will come in and say, well, I make you know, $120,000 a year, which is $10,000 a month. They go, well, I'm assuming that I need to make $120,000 a year to retire the same way I am now. And I go, what do you actually take home? Well, I only get $2,000 every two weeks. Well, that's $4,000 a month, roughly. So they go, how is that even possible? Where's the other $6,000 going? Well, you're contributing $2,000 a month directly into your 401k. So that takes us down to eight. You have social security taxes you're paying into. You have your, you know, wage taxes and you're currently in the 22% bracket, which you'll be in the 12% bracket down the line. So there's a 10% savings. And if you think about it conceptually, that could be $500 or $1,000 a month. So my point is, while you may be viewing your situation as, man, I got a bank on 30% going straight to taxes, that simply may not be the case. 
but you will not know the answer to that unless you actually do the planning. But it's been my experience that in general, people pay a lot less money in taxes when they retire than they did when they were working. And how much do people, because they're in retirement, are they like, I have to watch my pennies more? Do you find a lot of your clients just all of a sudden turn into a little bit of a miser once they retire because they're so worried about running out of money? Well, as much as I feel like I, uh, I'm dodging your question sometimes, I, I assure you I'm not. It's all over the board. You'll have usually you know, three different types of people. People continue to live their life exactly like they were before, or people that go completely off the rails and go, you know, Eureka, I'm retired. I'm going to travel every 15 minutes and uh, I'm going to blow tons of money. And the first couple of years are a little bit about, you know, pulling back the reins a little bit. Like, I'm glad you're having a lot of fun and you're retired. But if you keep this up, uh, you're going to have to uh, complete your retirement very, very quickly uh, because it's never a matter of whether you can retire. It's for how long, right? And then the third person is the one you just described, and that's the miser. It doesn't matter. What's interesting about the miser is it doesn't matter how much money they have. It doesn't matter if they're living on $30,000 a year and they have $30 million in the bank. For some people, they will never believe they have enough money. The only way that you can conquer that is through, quite frankly, quite a bit of time of education and a level of comfort with the person they're working with. So my job is to take that overspender and rain the rain, bring the reins back a little bit, still let them enjoy their life, but keep them, you know, keep them in the lane. And then with the miser, particularly if they have a spouse that is not a miser with them, because this could be a, you know, a very challenging uh, uh, conflict amongst the spouses, bring them up to make them understand that you can cut loose a little bit. You got plenty of money. Relax. You're good. Um, so sometimes it's, again, it all comes down to that education process, but sometimes my job is to, to steer a little bit as well. It's interesting because I have friends, you know, that live paycheck to paycheck and they are completely happy and fine. And then I have other friends that have, you know, several hundred thousand dollars in their bank account and they're constantly worrying about money. It's interesting. Yeah. And I often wonder, you know, this is a, a research study for another day, but I often wonder is the reason that they have the hundred thousand dollars in their bank account because they have worried all the time to get to that level. And people are people. Uh, I think it's tough when you've been a worrier your whole life to somehow push the magic button to unworry. But you're absolutely right. There's two dramatically different you know, ideologies or schools of thought there. It can be shifted, though. I don't want to say that once you're set, you're set and you're done and you can't be changed. It's just you have to develop a level of trust and understanding in the process uh, to understand that when... I tell you, you're okay to increase by this amount, and here's why, and challenge me all you want on it. Let's talk about it. Let's get it all out on the table. But once we come to the conclusion that it's right, then you have the authorization to do that. You can spend more. And that, that's a huge trust factor for those worry warts. So it takes time, but we get there. And is the mentality, you know, just in case there's something comes up or there's an emergency, I still want to have this. Like, I'm sure it's just, it's, it's almost like a person with an eating disorder. It's very difficult to get somebody out of that habit and way of thinking. Well, it's, you know, yeah, we're waiting for the other shoe to drop, or maybe there's something that, that happened throughout their career that made them feel that way. You know, they lost a job at the worst possible time when they had a young family and, you know, things were incredibly tight and they had to take out a loan that it took them decades to pay off, or maybe they got behind on their tax bill, or who knows, there could be a there could be a, a pain point there that we're unaware of, and it's my job to uncover it and then address it. So 
we're, we're very well aware here, uh, myself, my entire staff, you know, the other advisors that work with me here in the office, we're very well aware that those pain points are very real. And we have to understand where they are. We have to address them head on and show people how we've made sure that that will not happen again based upon risk management and all the other stuff that we talk about all the time. So is that an easier conversation for clients like, hey, you can spend money than having the opposite and telling someone, look, you're spending too much? I think the two most difficult conversations to have are somebody having saved very, very little, if anything, that believes that because the dollar amount seems substantial to them, give an example, if you've never had any money saved before in your entire life, and now you get an inheritance of $100,000, it seems like a gazillion dollars because you've never had that kind of money before. But the reality is if you need $50,000 a year to live off of, $100,000 doesn't last too many years. And if you've never invested before or saved before, and this is your first time encountering it when you're in your, you know, let's say 60s, you don't have any concept of what kind of return is realistic to achieve off of that and what does the concept of volatility, et cetera, even mean. And sometimes that can be a very, very difficult conversation because of completely ill-conceived conceptions of what this process looks like and what would be reasonable. So that's a very difficult conversation. The other very difficult conversation is somebody who's working with another advisor that is unfortunately, and I'm not talking bad about my industry or that or any particular advisor, but has been sold a bill of goods. And that bill of goods is a complete and out and out just farce. It's not true. Well, my advisor told me I had $250,000 a year and I can live on $50,000 a year off that for the rest of my life. And me telling them that's just simply not true. Oftentimes there's a level of embarrassment. There's a level of, you know, feeling like your other advisor has been deceitful and just that general animosity in the room. Oftentimes that can be very difficult and it's very difficult to, as much as we want to try and save that particular investor and get them on the right path, because of that level of embarrassment and anger, sometimes they don't come back. All other scenarios are completely manageable. Um, they're ones we get through. We can make uh, inroads in the right direction. Whether you're on the stingy side of the spectrum or the overspender side of the spectrum, these are things that we can conquer. As long as you keep an open mind and you realize that um, we're never going to sell you a bill of goods. We're just going to fill you in on the practicality and the realities of investing and compare investments net to net. Ultimately, it's your decision to choose. To schedule an appointment to go through the Aptis Blueprint process, Josh's number is 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Join Josh as he talks retirement with Bruce Hooley Mondays at 12.30 p.m. right here on 98.9 The Answer. And you can always find this recording at aptiswealth.com. More with Josh Pick when we come back. To create a successful retirement plan in today's economy, it takes a customized, solutions-based approach. At Aptis Wealth Management, founder Josh Pick calls it the Aptis Blueprint, and it's focused on managing risk instead of chasing returns. If you're working with another advisor or simply want a second opinion, put his team to work for you. To schedule a complimentary consultation to learn more about the Aptis Blueprint process, contact Josh at 614-364-7300 or visit aptiswealth.com. There is no cost or obligation, but space is limited. To start your plan, call 614-364-7300. 7300 or visit aptuswealth.com. Thanks for listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. 
To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Welcome back to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your own planning session and to learn new strategies to manage risk, give Josh a call. His number is 614-364-7300. That is 614-364-7300. Zero, zero. Josh, what are some of the ways folks can protect themselves from scammers who target retirees? It seems these scammers are getting more and more creative with the ways that they are reaching people. They are. What a crying shame that these people can't use their, uh, their skills for good instead of evil, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you say, why do they waste their time? Why are they doing this? Well, the reality is the FBI estimates that seniors lose, I think the last I looked was about $3 billion, that's B, billion dollars, each year to scammers. And 2020-2021 has been an astronomical increase. I don't know what that has to do, if it's with COVID or maybe it's just that, that, you know, the scamming market is good, but that's gone up by about 25% a year over the last couple of years. So not only is it a huge industry, if we want to call it that, I hate to even acknowledge it as an industry, but it's growing rapidly. And unfortunately, most of the scams are going directly at seniors, and uh, it is what it is. What are kind of some things that I have seen that jump out? Anytime uh, something seems incredibly urgent, you know, act now or you're going to lose your house. Act now or something horrible is going to happen. Very few things in life uh, financially happen with that level of urgency. So that's that's a pretty good uh, indicator that it's nonsense. The other one would be uh, a common denominator is anytime uh, anything needs to be handled via some sort of online payment, meaning uh, you just have to send us the money via Venmo or PayPal or gift card or wire transfer or money order. These are all very clear signs. I should be able to mail you a check. I, I should be able to, 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 contact you in some other way. I should be able to pay you via credit card. And by the way, the reason they don't want you to pay you via credit card is because most credit cards have fraud protection. So they know that if they receive these funds via credit card, one, they would have to be able to receive a credit card, which involves them getting set up with a credit card company to be able to do so. And if they have more than one fraud claim, they're going to lose their ability to do it. So that would shut them down instantly. So just say no problem. I'd like to, uh, uh, you know, pay with credit card or check. That's a good indicator. But some of these are getting just really, really good. Um, I saw one recently uh, that I actually received, and it was an IRS letter saying that I needed to contact the IRS immediately about this debit. And, uh, you know, clearly I know what an IRS letter looks like. And this was spot on. I mean... It was, it was really, really good. The only thing that, that threw it off is it said, dear, it didn't say my name. It said, dear client or dear, dear taxpayer. That's what it said, dear taxpayer. And it didn't have my social security number on it. It had all of it X'd out, which normally they'll all have your last four digits. When I called, it sounded like the IRS. They're, my point is they're getting really good. So... Make sure you keep your spider sets, your spidey senses up high. Make sure if anything feels like uh, this doesn't feel right, slow down. Nothing needs to be that urgent. 
push the pause button. I appreciate you calling and making me aware of this tumultuous situation. I will call you back. Give me your telephone number. Usually they won't give it to you. So you can ask a family member. You can call our office. You can call your attorney. You can call your tax advisor. Call somebody who would know something about what's being thrown your way. But do not, under any circumstances, feel the urgency and immediately hop on Venmo and send somebody 20 bucks to correct this situation. It's undoubtedly nonsense. Run, run, run. The other things, things you can protect yourself with. If you're on social media, which most of us are, uh, take some time and review your privacy settings. Who can actually see your information? Because that's a great way for them to, garner, to gain the information to act like they know who you are. If they know you, your family members, your first and last name, where you live, all of that can be gained by a public site on social media. So make sure you have your privacy settings according, set accordingly, or they'll make you believe that they, they know everything about you. So take some time to do that. Build some safeguards. Um, you know, Switch to a, a better device if necessary, and then just wait. Take some time. Don't be jumpy. This is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your own planning session and to learn new strategies to manage risk, Josh's number is 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Josh, scams can do a lot of harm, but so can simple misinformation. What are some of the more common myths you see people believing that, that lead to poor retirement decisions? Yeah, well, we talked about some of them just a second ago as it relates to Social Security. You know, Social Security alone is not going to provide you enough to retire on for most people. Um, How Social Security is taxed can make a big difference. Uh, It's shocking the amount of people that come in and they've done their own calculation. They say, well, I'm getting $2,000 from Social Security and then I have this other and I'm going to be fine. And they just simply forgot to calculate in the taxes that now apply to their Social Security based upon their situation. And that could derail their plan. So not understanding taxes can be very, very dangerous. Um, And it's important. I think it it, it bears taking a second to just mention that while rules of thumb are helpful, there is no magic bullet and there is no take the red pill and it's all perfect. And And I know that we all would like it to be that way. But life, unfortunately, particularly financial life, is much more nuanced and gray than that. So planning... Not rules of thumb is critical. Proper planning, gaining information, and having trusted people in your life to help you navigate areas which you don't understand. I would never try and come up with my own cancer diagnosis and treatment plan without the, uh, the help of a doctor. And you could say, well, you know, I, I mean, I have the Internet. Yeah, uh, but that person has encountered thousands and thousands of situations and has tens of thousands of hours in research and training, I don't think you're going to be able to catch up to them that quickly. And that applies to tax advisors, it applies to attorneys, it applies to investment advisors, etc. Now, clearly, they're not all created equal, but they can help abridge the curve of avoiding these mistakes uh, along the way. So I highly encourage people to get with somebody that they can trust, get with somebody with the right track record, the right background, and plan, not rules of thumb. But other, other ones that I hear all the time is, well, healthcare is going to get less expensive, not more expensive. Well, maybe. We know a couple things, though. We know that the average couple retiring today who's 65 will spend about $300,000 over the remainder of their life on health insurance. 
Now, that can be mitigated to a large degree, but it depends on how you set up your health insurance. Medicare alone is not enough for most people. Medicare coupled with a supplement, but now there's a whole pile of supplements, and which one makes the most sense for me? Well, insert that trusted professional again to help you abridge the curve of walking through that process. Because one of the questions I get all the time is, I'm getting all this stuff in the mail about Medicare and supplements, and I can't make heads or tails of it. So find somebody that can help decipher the information for you. Call our office, we'll help on all this stuff. And then you'll spend much more, or, or much less, excuse me, when you retire. That's one that I hear a lot. Well, when I'm retired, I won't have to go to the office. I won't be doing as much driving. I won't be. If your goal is to stay at home and do nothing when you retire, then that is accurate. But I would assume that you haven't worked your entire life to simply do nothing. And you need to, again, not just spitball, but plan. Are you going to travel? I know that's been thwarted a lot in the last couple of years, but the number one thing that I hear when people retire is I want to travel or I want to spend a lot of time with my grandkids and they're located in three different states, which involves traveling, or I want to be able to help my grandkids, or I want to, I have this hobby I want to be able to do. You have to plan for all of that. So your life doesn't inherently get cheaper in the way of healthcare. It doesn't inherently get cheaper in the way of not having to buy work clothes and travel. And it certainly... Um, doesn't get necessarily cheaper all the time in the way of taxes. It can, but you have to do planning. And a lot of people think a financial advisor just, you know, does exactly that, advises you about your finances. The fact that you can help people figure out Medicare and Social Security is is something I think a lot of people don't realize. Yeah, I mean, 97% of my clients are over the age of 55. Um, and, and that's quite purposeful. It doesn't mean I don't have clients that are in their 40s and 50s. I certainly do. But the vast majority of who I work with every day are people who are near or in retirement. So what obstacles are those people facing? Not only, you know, what do I do with my 401k and my other investments, uh, my life insurance, et cetera, but how do I handle long-term care? When should I take Social Security? What do my taxes look like for the rest of my life? Um, I need to do a Medicare supplement. What happens... If I go into a long-term care facility for my family, what, where does the money go when I, when I pass? All of these things, how do I avoid probate? All of these things are issues that have to be addressed. And in the category of folks that I work with, we need to know all of that. And we've dealt with it hundreds, if not thousands and thousands of times. So while the bulk of my business is helping plan for logical investments decisions, avoiding uh, taxation and probate and paying out income, we can't avoid the other topics. So you're right, Diane. I might not be an expert in, let's say, Medicare supplements, for example, but I better have somebody that's really good that I can refer people to, and I better have a pretty darn good grasp on how it works. And I can help give you the cliff notes and pass you to the right person. So we can help in almost all of these areas, and if we can't, I certainly have somebody I can send you to that can Josh's number is 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Catch Josh every Monday at 1230 p.m. with Bruce Hooley right here on 98.9 The Answer for Money Mondays. Have a safe Thanksgiving, everyone. We will be back next week at the same time. You've been listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with host Josh Pick. Josh helps guide his clients through retirement by managing risk instead of chasing returns. He calls it a blueprint, and you can get started at no cost or obligation. 
Give the team at Aptus Wealth a call today to schedule your consultation at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300 or online at aptuswealth.com. That's A-P-T-U-S wealth.com. To learn strategies to manage risk in the new economy, join us again next weekend right here at 98.9 The Answer. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.